Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, As you can see, we left a lot of VBS stuff up for your enjoyment this week. But just as a reminder, so you can see kind of the ministry that went on this week and uh, enjoy the decorations. And again, if you haven't been to the fellowship hall, a lot of it's still up. You can check out and see what we did. Also in the basement, if you want to walk down to the basement. Um, But I do want to say a big thank you to everyone who helped with VBS. Uh, Many, many volunteers made it possible and made it work. Uh, The children who came to us, I think, really learned some great Bible stories. Uh, Most importantly, they heard each night how Jesus Christ is for them, how God loves them. Um, And that's, of course, the message we want them to know and to hear. And so all of you who volunteered, whether it's in the kitchen or crafts, here at worship, registration, whatever it was, thank you for making that possible. Uh, as we as we get to share the good news of Jesus Christ with with the children in our churches and community. So thank you very much. Uh, just a reminder that newsletters will be in your boxes for the month of July. So check those out. In the newsletter, if you look on the calendar, the second week of July has me listed on vacation. Uh, we had changes of plans this summer. I will be here that week, so not on vacation. So If you need me, I will be here that second week of July. Uh, Also a reminder that uh, we'll have a service of the word, non-communion service, this Sunday. So it's a different setting. Uh, So you want to make sure your your, uh, hymnals are ready for that different setting for the service of the word. When we get to the Kyrie in the service, we'll just speak it. We won't sing it. Uh, but we will sing the Gloria afterward. Are there any prayer requests or any announcements for the congregation this morning? Yeah, Judy. Who was that? Okay. Right. If there's nothing else, so then I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are active to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we can delight in you. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister in the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Kyrie eleison. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Kyrie eleison. Teach us, good Lord God, to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, except that of knowing that we do your will through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah. O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout, violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and a derision all day long. 
If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, terror is all around. Denounce him, let us denounce him. All my close friends are watching for me to stumble. Perhaps he can be enticed, and we can prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble, and they will not prevail. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, you test the righteous. You see the heart and the mind. Let me see your retribution upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of the evildoers. The word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 69. Surely for your sake I have suffered reproach, and shame has covered my face. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. The scorn of those who scorn you has fallen upon me. I put on sackcloth also and became a byword among them. But as for me, this is my prayer to you at the time you have set, O Lord. In your great mercy, O God, answer me with your unfailing help. Let not the torrent of waters wash over me, neither let the deep swallow me up. Do not let the pit shut its mouth upon me. Hide not your face from your servant. Be swift and answer me, for I am in distress. A reading from Romans. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can, he, how can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of the household? So, have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall on the ground apart from your father, and even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Years ago, maybe this still happens, but years ago when people were still getting used to using email, you'll remember that there were all kinds of unique email scams. Right? You might remember that emails would show up in your inbox informing you that a Nigerian prince needed your help. If only you could send this prince some money back to his home country of Nigeria to help him with some banking fees, he would immediately reward you with millions of dollars in return. This Nigerian prince was so very generous, and it was just so lucky that he happened to find your email address. We know, of course, that these kinds of things were scams, and we know that there is probably one rule of thumb to avoid all scams. If it's too good to be true, then it probably is. We know that in order to get along in this world as adults, we have to test out claims in order to avoid such scams. We want to avoid getting our hopes up, getting disappointed, and worse of all, getting taken advantage of. And so we have learned to question that which seems too good to be true. Well, this is the objection that St. Paul has to deal with in Romans chapter 6. Paul has just laid out the gospel for the Romans in the previous five chapters. And the gospel, it seems, is too good to be true. Paul has written that you don't have to do anything to earn your salvation, that Christ has entirely accomplished it for you. All that Christ has accomplished is given to you freely at your baptism, where you receive the word of God that says you are made a new creation. 
God gives you a promise there and he keeps his promise. And then God says, we can't even mess it up. It's all a free gift. There's no condition that says you have to follow a set of rules to earn this gift. No condition that says you have to take a special class, that you have to live a moral life from here on out. Nothing. There's no condition at all. Instead, the gospel is an unconditional promise that has nothing to do with your worth or merit. It's a free gift for you. And so this is where Paul, in Romans, anticipates the objection that everyone has. This is too good to be true. That's the objection. Because doesn't this mean that we can just get baptized and then do whatever we want? If God is just going to forgive us without us doing anything, why not just sin all the time so that God can forgive us all the time? Or as Paul puts it in Romans 6.1, should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? The question is about testing the limits of grace. We think surely there's a limit to how gracious God will be. At some point, God is going to say, we think, I've forgiven you enough. Now it's time for you to do something good so that I know you're serious this time. At some point, all of us will come to believe that the gospel is just too good to be true, that we have to do something to merit it, that we have to stop sinning, we have to get better. And so when St. Paul answers the question, should we continue to sin in order that grace may abound, he of course answers, no way, by no means. But what he doesn't do is say this. He doesn't say, okay, you got me. The gospel works 99% of the time, but at some point you have to stop being a sinner. Rather, Paul says the whole question is a false premise. He says that when you are baptized, you die. You're dead. Not symbolically, but really. But then on the other side of baptism, you are raised, united with Christ. And so when God sees you, he does not see the sinner because the sinner's dead. Rather, he sees the believer who is united with Christ. And God only sees Christ when he sees you. So Paul says, therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And Paul will go on to say, so you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. In fact, the gospel is too good for us, but it is true. Because what Paul is saying here is that your sins are no longer in the calculus. They're not part of the equation. You, as a sinner, have been buried, dead, and gone. And so because all of your sin is dead, you are free from it. It does not separate you from God. And conversely, you don't have to ask the question, how much sin can I get away with? The whole perspective is wrong. Because Paul says, you are free. You're a new creation. You don't have to spend your life wondering if the gospel is too good to be true. But instead, you get to live your life in the joy knowing that the gospel is true. Christ's death is once and for all for you. And the life that he lives, he lives to God. And this is the life he shares with you. And so the question is not, can I just keep sinning and get away with it? The question is, who do I get to be 
now that Christ has taken my sin from me? What do I get to be as I walk in newness of life? Every day I wake up, I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. What do I get to do with this, new, with this newness and this freedom? And so do I really want to take my freedom and go sin with it? Do I want to see if I can test the limits of grace? Or do I want to take my freedom and love God and love my neighbor and to trust that God has, best, has the best in store for me? The Holy Spirit teaches our hearts to answer this question in the way that God wants us to. And that is to trust that God has our best in mind when he saves us. Indeed, the Holy Spirit gives us the desire to use our freedom in the gospel for the good of our neighbor. I have freedom in the gospel. And what this means is I don't actually have to be scared in this life. As Christ says in our gospel, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. I have freedom to live confidently and boldly. I have the freedom, by virtue of God's promise to me, to break free of whatever the world wants to pin on me. All the negative labels of consequences that have followed me through my whole life, failure, disappointment, not good enough, sinner, so on, those labels no longer actually define me. I'm free to live without those labels. I'm free not to be stuck in my sins and their consequences. I am free to imagine how I might live my life in such a way that I get to take true joy in this life, that I get to take true joy in loving God and loving my neighbor. And this is what Jesus truly gets at in our gospel reading this morning as well. This passage is usually understood as one of the more difficult sermons that Jesus gives us, where Jesus says he has come to bring a sword. Specifically, Jesus says that if we follow him in the proclamation of the gospel, we should expect trouble to follow. We can even expect trouble from those who are closest to us, our families. Without the gospel, the law defines the best we can hope for in this life, and for most of us, without the gospel, this means family life. We all know that there is nothing more important in our day-to-day -day living than our families. These are the people who are closest to us day to day. And we know for those without Christ, the best thing that they can hope for is to have a great family, to take great enjoyment in their family life. And don't get me wrong, family is good and having a good family is a wonderful thing to hope for. But Christ points us to something even better. He points us to himself. Because the truth is you will never find the freedom of having your sins forgiven in your family. Your family cannot make you a new creation. Your family cannot heal your soul. But God does that. And for those who have difficult situations in their family, painful ones, the gospel becomes an ultimate source of hope. Because the gospel makes you new. You're not totally defined by your family. You're not totally defined by your circumstances by your community, by where you grew up, anything like that. As one baptized in the word of Christ, you are defined first and foremost by Christ. God makes you new through the cross of Jesus Christ. The Christian life, then, is not really about trying to test the limits of God's grace. Instead, it's about learning to let go. 
It is learning to let Christ alone be our hope in this world. We don't have to say, well, I'm going to earn God's grace by cultivating a perfect family. I'm going to do everything right in my family. I'm going to do everything right at my job, in my community. And then I'll know that I'm really saved. I'll know that God has really done something with me. That's not it. Instead, Christ wants you to let go of any hope in this world that's not found in him. Instead, as St. Paul does in Romans 6, he wants you to remember your baptism. Because it was there that God gave you the free gift of Christ's life. He killed the old sinner that defined you and instead has given you Jesus Christ. And it's free. And so now we hold on to that gospel and we let go of the world. We let go of our sins. We let go of trying to be perfect. We let go of playing the religious game altogether. And instead, we walk in the newness of life. In this newness, there's no one to impress. Most certainly, you don't need to impress God because he's just given it to you. And neither are you going to disappoint him because it's always unconditional. It's always a free gift. And so instead, as a Christian walking in faith, you have the opportunity every day to learn to let go of the things that accuse you, the things that judge you, the things that bring you down, the, thing, the things that bring you despair. And you have the opportunity now to receive God's gifts. And so should you sin to test God's grace? Well, by no means. Instead, let go of everything that questions that you are a new creation and hold on to God's grace as your source of life. It seems too good to be true, but in Jesus Christ, it is true. And at your baptism, God gives it to you. He gives it to you freely. It is too good to be true, but it's true. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Together let us stand and confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. With the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. God of all strength, you have brought us from death to life. Do not let sin reign in our mortal bodies and turn our hearts to Christ, that we would present ourselves to you in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of our salvation, your son warned that your people would face opposition from the world. Give courage to your pastors and to your people that they would boldly sing your praises, gladly endure suffering for the name of your Son. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, the curse of sin brings division within, within families. Grant unity of faith within the households of this congregation. Give wisdom and peace wherever there is anger and strife. And bless parents with faithfulness to teach their children your ways. Lord, in your mercy. God of all creation, you appoint authorities to keep order for the good of your people. Bless the authorities in our land with wisdom, especially our President Joseph and our Governor Richard Michael, to seek the common good of all. Give them penitent hearts that they might be confident of your grace for them. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, look with favor upon those who now face trials and temptations and those who struggle in mind, body, or spirit, especially, especially we lift up to you, Charlie, Jane, Linda, Nancy, Jamie, Allison, Steve, Frank, Roxanne, Marilyn, Dave, Tony, Carolyn, and Amanda. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, keep our feet from falling and preserve us from fear. Make us confident that since you have delivered our souls, you will deliver us to walk before you in the light of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
praise and thanks to you, Holy God, for by your word you made all things. You spoke light into darkness and called forth beauty from chaos and brought life into being. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. By your word you called your people Israel to tell of your wonderful gifts, freedom from captivity, water on the desert journey, a pathway home from exile, wisdom for life with you. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. Through Jesus, your word made flesh. You speak to us and call us to witness forgiveness through the cross, life to those entombed by death, the way of your self-giving love. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. Send your spirit of truth, O God. Rekindle your gifts within us. Renew our faith, increase our hope, and deepen our love for the sake of a world in need. Faithful to your word, O God, draw near to all who call on you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory forever. Amen. And now gathered by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen.
in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.